0: <laughs> back.
1: Realize you said that and I was not in the tab? Like, I did get it. I did get it on time, but Jesus Christ. See, I believe. Do you, do you know. want to do your quote again? No. No.
2: <laughs> I've said it once. That's good enough.
1: Yeah, that, that's fair. I'll just have to, like. Ke- I'll just have to, like, move it. That's fine. It's fine.
2: I mean, you don't have to. You can if you want to, but you have that power. I but probably you don't have I probably will. And because like... you don't have to, I'm not going to feel bad if you do.
0: <laughs>
2: because that's just the difficulty you're putting on yourself.
0: <laughs> I wasn't even asking you to feel
1: bad, Sam.
2: <laughs> oh my
1: god. We have fun here. How does one start a podcast?
2: I mean, we're on like episode 31 or something. We probably should know this by now. Yeah, but do we? Also, it's 33. It's episode 33. It's about the same number.
1: (laughs) It's not episode 31.
2: Jesus Christ. I said it's about 31. 33 is about 31. Yeah, you're close. You're close.
1: Uh, Oh my god. We've been doing this for like... We've been doing this for over half a year, Sam. (laughs) We we've got like five more months and then we'll just have been doing it for a whole fucking year this started out as a joke this was a joke this is a joke hey <laughs> oh my god i you know when i pitched this back in june or whatever i and like completely as a joke on the Friends of the Table server, I did not expect us to actually go three seasons deep, let alone keep going after that. Um,
2: you tr- you underestimated my tolerance of bullshit.
1: <laughs> I didn't
2: know you when this started, <laughs> and that's why you underestimated me. <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh my god, we <laughs> we've been through so much. So many good times, so many bad times, so many con times, so many majority times. Oh God, mm. I'm still really upset that like a couple of weeks ago we saw him without anything on,
2: and it was a uh, bad. This really is the season of majority. No, no, oh. oh my God! It, Wait, did it we... started with him and it ended with him?
1: Oh no, you're right, it did start with him! Oh no! No! Oh. oh my god. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't expect in in the year 2021 that I would be re-watching the Bount arcs of Bleach,
2: and that's how I'd be spending my time. <laughs> there truly is no escape. Unless this is the last episode of the podcast and we just, like, sub- suddenly close up shop now. Uh, but I feel like the this, this arc that's coming up next time is partly the reason why we started this podcast in the first place. I think it is, too. Like,
1: I, I know I've been, like, mentioning off oh, it's time to take the show a little less seriously. And, like, I do intend to be, like, a little less harsh on it. Like, just for filler's sake, but also that's probably not going to happen, considering <laughs> this is gonna be like what fifty episodes of filler
2: mm, something like that it's a it's a fair amount let's see it's from sixty four to ninety one so twenty seven you Sam, I'm pretty sure that's just the first bound arc. There's right, two. that's only the first season. There's another season. <laughs> There's two. <laughs> Goes to 109. So yeah, uh, 55 episodes. Oh no, my 58? god, 55. Yeah, 55.
1: Oh, 55 episodes. Okay. See, the thing is, like, and I, of course, I'm not gonna spoil this for you or for our listeners. I do remember exactly how this arc ends. I I remember very clearly, it's been burned into my mind, so I'm very excited to see us
2: get there, is the thing. I am excited. I am very excited. But before we get to that, we should probably get to this season's end, and maybe actually start the episode. Yeah, we should probably actually start the episode by introducing ourselves.
1: You're listening to It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co-host,
2: Lily. And I'm your co-host, Sam. We finished season three. We did it. The third season of Bleach. That's it. Podcast over. (laughs) It's done. It's over. We've done it. Close close it off. Close the doors. We're finished. All right.
1: Bye, everybody. Thanks
2: for listening.
1: God. No, like... I, I am pretty happy with how season three ended. I am excited to talk about these episodes. Do you want to just hop into it or do you want to keep, like, do you want to chat about
2: bullshit for more time? We have 16 minutes of banter, banter. We should just,
1: just get into it. <laughs> we should just get into it. Our first episode is episode 62, Gather Together, Group of the Strongest Shinigami. Komamura slams down, casually held at bay with one hand by Aizen, who notes it has been a long time since he's seen Komamura's face. Furious, Komamura admonishes Aizen for grinning, declaring that he will pay for his betrayal, along with Tosin. Uh, like, not much to talk about in this very, very, very brief opening bit. Komamura looks cool.
2: (laughs) Komomura looks cool, as he's being entirely ineffectual.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh We immediately cut to a flashback. Tosin is training and apologizes as he realizes somebody is there. Behind him, Komamura introduces himself, and Tosin praises him for hiding his presence. Uh, th- this is, like, a brief aside on, like, Tosin being blind again, because, like, the whole thing here is that, like, he's training, and he senses somebody's there, and so he like turns in one direction and, like, apologizes for not knowing somebody was there. Uh And it turns out that Komamura is actually behind him. And I don't think this was meant to be played off as a joke. It was just like, I don't... Why why do this?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, because the whole, the whole bit here is that to- Tozen meets someone who is so good at hiding their presence that he can kind of figure out they're there after a while, but is still unsure of, like, exactly where they're standing, at least at first. Uh, yeah. So Tozen's like, oh, this is someone, like, completely unlike anyone else I've ever met. And meanwhile, Komamura's sitting there, uh, full fox face, uh, just exposed, that he's like, oh, this person's not, like, freaking out about me. So he's also meeting someone completely unlike anyone he's ever met.
1: That's true. I... I- I do just worry, I guess, that, like, every time we see Tozen, it's just gonna be like, oh, guys, remember? Blind character. Uh, cause, like, that seems like something Co- Kubo would do, you know? But, like, this does make sense, and, I don't know, I- I'm happy they're friends for this
2: instant. <laughs> yeah, they're buddies. Or they were buddies, I guess. Komomoros is not happy that his buddy is not a buddy anymore. <laughs> We'll, we'll get to it. Later, the two become
1: soul reapers, joining Gote thirteen, and Tosin is happy to meet Komamura again, inviting him to join the 5th Division to meet with their lieutenant, Sosuke Aizen, who politely greets Komamura. Sometime later, Tosin and Komamura stand in front of the grave of Tosin's friend. Komamura explains his motivations for becoming a soul reaper, which lie in repaying a debt of gratitude for his life being saved. Tosin details his motivations,
2: too, as they're similar. I like that this scene implies that, like, Ah, Aizen's plans didn't start when he became a captain. They started when he was a lieutenant even earlier. <laughs> it's
1: incredibly good and kind of silly, and I'm here for it. I I wasn't expecting to be here for Aizen as a villain this much. I'm Like, I'm, I'm into it.
2: And it shows that if you're in a organized group... And you take care to, like, um, bring in people with uh, like-minded ideals. As they, When they are new, you can then set them up in positions of power and then just completely take over the group from the inside.
1: Exactly! It's easy!
2: Back on Sokyoku Hill, Komura demands Tozen explain
1: himself, but the latter remains silent. The Foxman begins to release Bankai, but Aizen makes quick work of him with Hado Number 90, a large black box that pierces him with several spears. Ichigo, still on the ground, notes the difference in power, even between two captains, as Aizen gloats about perfect hypnosis. Gin praises Aizen's ability to execute a Hado in the 90s range without a chant, only for Aizen to downplay it as not even being a third of its full power. He grasps Rukia by the collar. Okay, I do think... I like this bit. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying I think I like this bit. Um, we get, like... I, I don't think we had the information before about, like, Hado's in, like, specific ranges being, like, different levels of power. I could be wrong about that.
2: Yeah, I think it wasn't, like, explicitly said, but the, like, every time we get a Hado that's, like, a higher number than anything we've seen before, it's been way stronger than anything we've seen before. Um, so the implication is that, like, Hado's are ranked loosely at least by either complexity or strength or something and also you can either say the entire thing or you can say them without the chant and then they're like not as good but obviously it comes out a lot faster
1: and also like also doing it without the chant definitely like requires more skill uh in the hotto
2: seemingly yeah like it's just it's <clears throat> You're sacrificing a lot of like strength and preparation and such to like get it out quickly. Um, I do love that he's like, All right, well, now that I'm done with this, where was I again, Ichigo? Like, with my explanation? <laughs> oh, right, I was here. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's very, very funny. Um, I also think it's incredibly funny that like Gene is just here, like, Oh, hey. To the viewers, in case you didn't know that was some badass shit you just saw, I'm gonna explain to you, this was some badass shit you just saw, because this dude just executed a hato in the 90s range
2: without a chit. That's badass. Yeah, he's even like, damn, I didn't know you could do that? That's crazy! <laughs> Geen is the number
1: one hype man. Uh, Aizen does apologize for having his explanation interrupted, as you were saying, as the other Ryoka arrive. Ichigo calls out, telling them not to get closer, and then Orihime calls out to Rukia. Gin is like, hey guys, you shouldn't get any closer, and then he exerts his spiritual pressure, causing all of the
2: Ryoka to collapse. Uh, this was incredibly funny to me, actually. Well, it's like, oh yeah, they're all, like, ha- like, most of them are, like, half-dead. I guess, like, Orihime is not, is the only one that's not wounded, but she's also the only one that's, like, quote, not adapted to combat or something. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Bleach. Thanks, Kubo. <laughs> so, like, everyone collapses to one knee, except the- except for Jad, who-, who, like, he still stops, but he doesn't, like, fall down. <laughs> and, because again, it's just, like, Hey, um, back off? Please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's, he's just like back off and then like does like a
1: doggy growl at everybody, and they just all fall over. That's what happens Eisen resumes his explanation for the third time, stating that he killed Central 46 as soon as Rukia was discovered in the human world. He notes Usane probably told her he killed them after faking his death, but this was not the case. Ever since Rukia was found, he made it appear as though Central 46 was alive. Him, Gin, or Tozin would always hide away at least one of themselves in the Assembly Hall, where they would issue orders as the acting Central 46. This started with Byakuya and Renji's orders to capture Rukia, along with the disposal of her gigai. I do love that Aizen is just like, Ah yes, all of this, everything that's happened
2: since the end of Season 1, it's all been my plan. He's like, like... Oh no, it hasn't been Soul Society with a shitty government. It, it was I, the shitty government all along. It was me. <laughs> it's just the government is normally so shitty that no one saw a difference.
1: <laughs> You've heard of shitty government. Now get ready for shittier government.
2: Eyes in addition. <laughs> well, it was like weirdly vindictive to one person government. I'm like, alright, well, I guess that when you think about it, yeah, governments being like weirdly terrible to one specific person who has spurned them, it's like, oh yeah, that does make complete sense. Uh,
1: I think it's very, very funny that like, (laughs) nobody saw, like, obviously like, he has perfect hypnosis powers or whatever, but nobody saw a fucking difference in the government, you're exactly right, nobody fucking questioned it, they're just like, oh, I guess we're just gonna execute this person. That that
2: sounds fair. Yeah, because, like, the only- Because there were a a bunch of people who were like, Well, that's weird. I guess they just want to make an example out of her, but this is weird, right? This is weird. Ah, Whatever. It's the government. What do you want to sue? Wasn't it mostly Aizen who was like, Hey, that's weird. (laughs) Yeah, well, like, Aizen was saying it to a couple of people, and then, like, Renji thought it was weird. And then, like, a couple of people were like, "Mm, That's odd. But it's the government. Like, whatever
1: <laughs> they were more like oh there. she must have done something really awful before like actually like questioning the government it's very funny I, like it, I, there, there definitely is a version of this here where like it, it actually like speaks to like hey maybe you shouldn't always just like not question the government but like I don't think this was smart enough to do that <laughs>
2: Yeah, because at the end, at the end of the day, mo- most of these people were just like, "All right, I guess that's it is what it is. We'll just kill this. We'll kill this person then. <laughs> Public execution with the th- with the power of a thousand souls. It's fine. <laughs> what could go wrong?" Aizen
1: explains the plan to evaporate Rukia's soul, forcibly removing the Hogyoku with the Sokyoku. But because th- the Ryoka saved her, it's lucky there are two ways to remove it. The first is by powerful thermal disruption, as with the Sokyoku, which would have killed Rukia. But he had a backup plan. Consulting the Dairei Shokairo, containing, hi- containing the knowledge and history of soul society, he studied Urahara's research. He suspected the secret to removing foreign objects within a soul would be there, as Urahara made the tech to implant them in the first place. He pulls out a small capsule, clicking it, and six green spikes surround him and Rukia. His right arm and his right arm and hand also turn green with strange texture as he just shoves it into Rukia's chest, opening a hole and retrieving the Hogyoku. The animation here was kind of silly, um, mainly because like Ichigo like starts to call out and then it's just like really quickly he's just like, "Oh, pfft. all right, hand in chest."
2: Yeah, Aizen's like, "I don't." have time for this. Like, God, would you stop moving or talking or whatever? Like Ah, <laughs> uh, people,
1: existing.
2: It's getting in the way of me being more powerful. <laughs> I do kind of like that he would, like, because he's there and he's like, I did figure there is a chance, small as it may be, that you guys would stop the execution. So, I thought, in that case, I should probably have a backup and well, found my backup, here it is, time to use it. Uh,
1: Yeah, I actually thought it was very good, and I'm, like, I think the reasoning they give for him, like, having this backup is, like, reasonable too. Like, it's believable, and, like, I don't know, it's good. His arm returns to normal, and he comments on the small size of the Hogyoku as the hole in Rukia's chest closes. He notes how amazing it is that the soul is undamaged, but states that Rukia can be killed now, and he orders Gin to do so. Gin releases his shikai, Shinso, and attempts to impale her, but just in the nick of time, Biakya arrives, taking the blow. Rikia confusedly asks Byakuya why he did this, as Aizen draws his zanpakuto before looking up in surprise. As Jidanbo and Kukaku fall from the sky, this part is, like, actually fucking fantastic.
2: It's really good. I love just the visual of Jidanbo, like, falling from the sky. Oh, me too. <laughs> It, it's, like,
1: so, like, first of all, like, I completely forgot that Byakuya, like, showed up, like, during this part to, like, save Rukia, and, like, it makes me happy that he's getting this, like, end to his arc. Um, I have problems with his arc that come up later in this episode, but, like, I was happy we got this moment, um, and, yeah, Jidambo and Kukaku... They are badass, because, like, she's riding on his shoulder, and she, like, performs Ahada with, like, the full chant from his shoulder, and attempts to attack Aizen, and he, like, evades- he evades out of, like, the cloud of dust, but then, suddenly Yoruichi and Suifona are there, too? Yeah, they're just like, surprise, ninjas! <laughs> He's like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you for a long time, Yoruichi- and she's like, move, and your head is gone.
2: Yeah, I like, they, you know, they really, they show up, and it's like, one of them pushes his sword back into its hilt uh, or into its sheath, and then the other one has, like, a blade to its neck, so it's like, don't make any sudden movements. It's really good. Uh, Yoramichi calls out to Kukaku, who's
1: just like, oh, I was just checking in, I have too much free time. Gane's like, oh, how flashy? What should I do? But Matsumoto grabs him and holds her blade to his neck and he's like,
2: oh no, I've been caught. The look that Aizen gives him at this point (laughs) He's like, Are you fucking kidding me?
1: Gin is the fucking best. I, like, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Like, he has been, like, incredibly malicious, like, for the past
2: season, especially, but, like, he is so fucking funny. The, like, the way he reacts to Rangiku is that one tweet about, like, me running away from horror monsters. <laughs> You're Like, at? he's there and he's like, oh no, I was caught, ah, whatever <laughs> shall I do? <laughs> <laughs> sorry the... boss I couldn't help it <laughs> she got me
1: god it, it's just hes so much he, you can tell he's just like absolutely not taking any of this seriously which is the best uh, Yoruichi tells Aizen he's surrounded and several captains and lieutenants arrive on the scene Shuhei holds his blade to Tozen nice Aizen smiles noting that it's time Yorichi and Soifan leap back as Aizen and crew are enveloped by Negation, a beam meant to save hollows. They look up and see a hole with several Minas Grande, while Shuhei notes there's something with a massive eye lurking within. Gin tells Matsumoto, Oh, I wouldn't have minded being your prisoner a while longer. And then he apologizes. The ground Aizen stands on begins to rise, and Iba prepares to attack, but Yamamoto stops him explaining that Negation cannot be breached, as its contents are in another world. <laughs> Meaning Aizen and Kru were beyond their reach the instant it came down. Komamura, bloodied, demands to know where Tosen's justice has gone, and Tosen reminds him he walks the path of least bloodshed, as his friend
2: bleeds. Yeah, Komamura's like, just covered in blood. He's like, you're telling me this, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I I thought it was
1: very funny. Um, I... I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I think this, like, Negation explanation of it being in another world is, like, the most Kingdom Hearts-ass fucking explanation for why they can't hit these guys.
2: Yeah, it's just like, oh, well, when it starts, they're basically already in the Hollow World. It's just you can talk to them and see them slowly moving up, I guess. It makes sense. It totally makes sense. Why wouldn't it make sense? And also, like, the shot of all the Menos is, like, fucking arms, like, crawling out of the sky. (laughs) Kubo does horror good. He just doesn't do it a ton. Yeah, like, uh, God, like, that specific shot was, like,
1: very, very cool. I'm assuming there's got to be, like, a really cool panel of that in the manga, and I'm pretty hyped to see it. Ukitake asks why Aizen allied with the Menos Grande, and he replies, it's simply to seek greater heights. Ukitake asks if he's fallen. But Eisen claims, in the most JRPG boss line ever, that nobody has stood atop the heavens before. Not him, not Ukitake, nor the gods. He slicks his hair back into evil mode, complete with bitch curl, and then crushes his glasses to be even more extra, before claiming the vacancy of heaven's throne ends now, as he will stand at the top from now on, bidding everyone for wh- farewell, and telling Ichigo...
2: You were amusing for a human. I love his full. He's like, all right. You think that with all of my sick one-liners, I had fully descended into JRPG villaindom? No, no, I was only halfway there. That was a, that was not even my final form. Now I'm a JRPG villain. <laughs>
1: He literally, like, it is the most JRPG final boss line ever, and he just, like, slicks his hair back, and you got the one curl going forward, and then he, like, I don't even think he, like, really physically crushes his glasses, he's, like, holding them, and they, like, crush themselves. Yeah,
2: well, they, like, dis- they fall to pieces and disintegrate in his hand. <laughs> <It's>
0: like,
1: <laughs> Damn! What the fuck is happening here? This year, I've earned
2: 2020 vision by being evil. <laughs> like Aizen a- got 2020 vision in 2021. He's just a little late.
1: <laughs> it's fine. He, Ginn, and Tozen are drawn into the portal, which closes, and immediately orders are given to take care of the wounded and injured. Rukia expresses concern for Biakia, but is held back, being told she needs to wait until his injuries are treated because she's not allowed to have agency. Komamura refuses treatment, and Renji is on a stretcher, unconscious. Iamura instructs those refused by Komamura to help the Ryoka. When those are uh, when those specific reapers like express confusion, he explains that the Ryoka saved Soul Society, and Orihime heals Ichigo. Unohana arrives atop Minasuki and Iamura asks about the condition of Hitsugaya and Hinamori. Unahana is like, Oh yeah, they've evaded death. They're fine. They're being treated by Asane. She asks who's left to treat here. And Iamura notes, it's only Ichigo and Byakuya. Unahana looks at Orihime healing, like Ichigo and is like, Oh yeah, the Ryoka don't need our help. And then looks, uh, looks to Byakuya and like walks over there and like very gently tells him that he was being reckless and he says something to her, and Unahana informs Rukia that Byakia has called for her to actually, like, do what she wanted to do, but because Byakia said it, it's actually happening now.
2: Yeah. Like, I I get it. Like, they're they're like, we need to stabilize him. And then, like, the doctor that's looking at him is like, well, he's calling for her, so you guys were fucking idiots. Rukia, get your ass over here. Uh, yeah, but it's still like, like, Rukia doesn't get to do anything! Like, I get it too, it's just-
1: Yeah, exactly that! It's literally just like, oh, Rukia says, hey, I want to do a thing. No, 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 you're not allowed. Byakia says he wants Rukia to do a thing. Rukia, get over here. (laughs) Rukia visits her brother, and uh, he basically tells her he has a story from 50 years ago, and Rukia's like, yeah, 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 you took me in because your wife looked like me. And Byakia's like, well, you're right. That is the lie I told everybody to tell you. (laughs) The truth is that his wife, Hisana, was actually Rukia's older sister. After she passed in the human world, she was sent to Hanging Dog, which is the same district that, like, Renji is from. Because, like, they grew up together. It makes sense. She found it hard to care for Rukia in that life and abandoned her. She never forgave herself for this, however, and for five years, she searched endlessly for Rukia... In his fifth spring with her, she lies on a mat, asking him to find Rukia, but not to tell her they are sisters. She asks him to simply use his power to protect Rukia, and he tells her to save her strength before she claims she has no right to call Rukia her sister, but she wants her to be able to call Byakia brother. Byakia tries to distract her with the blossom of a tree, but Hisana apologizes for causing him so much trouble especially now that she's unable to repay it. She describes the five years with him as a beautiful dream before she dies silently of anime disease.
2: She really does just die of anime disease. It's so <laughs> sad. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. I, I I shed a single tear.
1: The uh, Akiya notes that allowing someone from the Ryukongai into the Kuchiki clan was against their laws, and it drew resistance due to the belief that it would sully their reputation. But- he didn't care, since he wanted to uphold his promise to Hisana. But he apparently did care enough to vow at his parents' grave never to break the law again after taking Rukia in, which is why he didn't know what to do after Rukia's execution was set in motion. It had him caught between two vows. The vow he made to his dead wife, and the vow he made to his dead parents. <laughs> he looks over at Ichigo, remembering being told that if he were Biakia, he would fight the law. Biakia thanks Ichigo, and tells
2: Ruke he's sorry as she holds his hand, ending the episode. Like, it's a sweet sentiment, but it's all- and it's like, okay, I get it. Like, he- he defied his parents' wishes once, and, like, his clan's wishes once, married Isane, uh, Isana, and then she died. And then to- to fulfill her dying wish, he- he, like, went against their wishes again, and then he was like, alright, I can't keep doing this. So he vows to never do it again, to always obey the law. And then the law was like, "Your sister needs (laughs) your sister needs to die," and he's like, "Damn, which vow do I do? I I listen to? I don't know. Maybe the vow that doesn't make you kill your sister. Yeah, maybe. Just I actually actually prefer the the explanation he gives. He gives Ichigo to this one." Uh, because it does, it feels like a little bit like a no-brainer when you're comparing the two vows uh, to me. Same. You know, that's it, why it, I actually like the one he gives to Ichigo, where it's like, okay, well, there's, there's a reason behind this one.
1: Like I said earlier, like, I'm glad he got the ending to the arc he did. Uh, especially, like, here, I'm really glad he actually apologized to Rukia, and, like, got to hold her hand and, like, say he's sorry but at the same time you're absolutely right in that this this explanation for why he acted the way he did is so fucking silly (laughs) like (laughs) we're expected to feel bad for his dead wife who's been on screen exactly like twice and like (laughs) he's just like Oh yeah, I felt so bad after upholding my promise to my wife that I vowed to my dead parents that I'd never break the law again. And it's like, Byakuya, are you a dumb person? Are you stupid? Like, what are you doing? Like, of course you should save your sister. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, honestly. (laughs) It's very, very silly.
2: What What are the manga differences this week, Sam? Uh, so first, when when we get Gin uh, stabbing Byakuya, we get another one of those panels where it's like, oh yeah, there's a like unconscious wounded fox on the floor and a uh, a blossom that's been like stabbed through by a long a long strand coming out of like the bloody wall that's been taking out <laughs> everybody. So it's like, oh yeah, those little uh, those little contextual panels are are continuing uh, at the end of chapters. It's so good. There's this fucking two pages, which is just Rukia, uh, like, it's Rukia, uh, reacting to the stab, and Aizen, like, coming close to her. And, crucially, v- crucially, an incredibly huge difference, it's, it's only in one panel, but Rukia takes steps to protect Byakuya from Aizen. Oh my god. She, like, holds him closer to her, and she's, like, you know, trying to protect him. <laughs> It's only one pedal! It's only one pedal, and you know Aizen clearly doesn't give a shit. He's like, "Well, you know, I'll, I'll just cut through both of you at the same time. It's fine." Oh, these two pages are so good, though. Uh, in the manga, this like this is the point where Yoroichi and Soifan show up. They they actually appear before, uh, Jidanbo and Kukakudu, because, and this is just the thing that doesn't happen: the other three Gate Guardians show up. Kaiwan, Donzomaru, and Higun nudo all three of them show up and Aizen's like, what are you gonna do? Even you can't fight all three of them and also restrain me. And that's when Kukaku and Jidanbo show up in just like this sick-ass spread where Jidanbo like falls from the sky in front of the other three giants. What the fuck? I wish we had gotten this. This is so cool and kukaku does the same spell but she she uses it to take out one of the giants um and basically we we just get Jidanbu being like that's weird like she just blasted the fuck out of one of them and the other two didn't blink uh we're all buddies we're all friends so aizen probably has them all like all three of them under like some weird mind control or whatever like this is weird and then basically they start they start fighting off screen whack that's when all the vice-captains and captains show up. So we get, like, an end-of-chapter, which is the other... Uh, another, like, of those little contextual panels where you you get, like, three large blo- uh, drops of blood. Which is, like, Gin, Eisen, uh, Tosen. And you get, like, the symbols of all the captains that are against them. Like, just in a... That are in a formation all around. It's just, like, just looks really cool. I also want to share just, like, this image real quickly, which is just... Komamura-looking, like, even more wounded than the anime. Oh my god, <laughs> at, he looks so bloody. And uh, and also just the two-page spread of Aizen, like, saying, I will stand at the top. <laughs> just looking real good. That is, that is my JRPG villain right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and aside from that, the only difference in the manga for this episode is that uh, we get some of uh, the interiority from Squad 4, where the guy who's, like, sending everyone off to do, the guy who's doing all the triaging, he looks at Urihibe and he's like, I've never seen anything like her healing technique before. Like, it, it doesn't make any goddamn sense that a Ryoka can do this. She's healing people as fast as, like, any of our assistant captains could. Maybe faster. Like, she's approaching cap- the captain's level of healing. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's maybe
1: my favorite thing about Orihime's powers is that Kubo's like, hey, she has, like, weird fairy powers. I'm never gonna explain this. It's time to just make her extremely powerful at healing and call attention to it every
2: time it comes up. Yeah, and he he's even, like, and the sight of bloody flesh doesn't faze her at all. Like, she's incredibly suited to be a combat medic. Like, <laughs> thanks, Kubo. Uh thanks, there, Kubo. Is, there is, like, one There is one final scene, but I'll mention it at the end of the next episode, because it's the, it got turned into the end of episode, the after credits uh, animated gag for next episode. Okay. Uh, should we go ahead and cut to a five-minute break, then? Let's cut to a five-minute break. so let's get back into it with episode 63 Rukia's Resolution Ichigo's Feelings one week after the commotion Division 11 schmucks are bullying some Division 4 guys just trying to do their job only to be reprimanded by the 4th Division captain who tells them with an incredibly sweet smile I'm glad you're energetic but don't forget that as long as you're here your lives are in our hands (laughs) don't forget it (laughs) it's so good like and like this entire episode is just like just these little vignettes of life in soul society after like during the aftermath essentially so we're gonna be jumping around a lot but i love that we start with just like these dudes being jerks and uno Han is like if you don't stop bullying my uh, my subordinates i'm gonna fucking kill you Hana's
1: like, fucking great. Uh, You're right, this entire episode is, like, vignettes of life in Soul Society, and I think that's why I love it so much, because it's exactly what we were, like, asking for, of just, like, hey, we want to see life just, like, around when, like, a crisis isn't happening. And we're getting it. We're getting it.
2: Yeah, like we just want to see stuff like a stitched up Ikaku beating the shit out of sparring partners and throwing them out of windows until Ichigo steps up uh, because everyone else is like, hey, you know what? I'm good. I don't want to fight you. (laughs) They get into a wordplay argument. Uh, It it would take too long to get into it. So they just get into an argument and eventually they're like, let's fight to see who's right. And just then Soraki arrives and he's like, hey, it's Ichigo. How's the healing coming along? And Ichigo starts saying he's good, and immediately, like, he has to start dodging sword blows, because, you know, if he's healed, that means Zaraki can fight Ichigo at full strength.
1: (laughs) Wait, what what I ended up thinking about here was, like, last time, like, he and, like, Kenpachi were, like, reasonably even matched, like, after, like, the initial shit, and after, like, Ichigo's, like, mid-fight power-up, like, they were basically evenly matched, because, like, they both fell at the same time. So now I'm just, like, sitting here thinking, well, now that Ichigo's got Bankai, would he just kick, like, Kenpachi's ass? Like, what would happen here?
2: Uh, you know, there's a- there's a whole discussion to be had about that, but I think it's- I think the idea is kind of, like, Zoraki at no point took that fight seriously. True. <laughs> And that's prob and like he j- he just kept taking hits on purpose, and that's the only reason that like Ichigo ended up making him fall down. Um uh, he does just like respectfully run away <laughs> while Ikaku is just completely caught in the blast of Zoraki like do- doing an attack. It's a tactical and retreat. Z- and Zoraki's like, fuck, I hit the wrong one. Damn. <laughs> We cut to outside, where Yumichika is hanging out with Tetsuzaimon, and he asks about uh, Komom- Captain Komimura's whereabouts, but he's just like, well, you know, the big fox man wants to be alone right now. We immediately move to just a really nice somber scene of Komimura standing at the grave of Tozen's friend, and he's like, friend of Tozen whose name I don't know, would you have managed to stop him? And Hisagi shows up. Nice. nice. With the same- with basically the same question, and the pair of them are like, you know what, he's gonna come back, and when he does, we're gonna open his eyes, is the way they- (laughs) they word it. Of course they do. Elsewhere again, Rangiku is mourning in her own way, just thinking about Gin's last words to her, and saying that's what she hates the most about it, and- she gets surprised by Hitsugaya because he's like, uh you have a guest and Kira's there to apologize and talk, and soon enough the two of them are just completely falling over drunk. <laughs> uh Rangiku tells him, like, hey, don't worry, like, and feel guilty, because even though you wanted to you came at me as if you wanted to kill me, uh it's fine. You didn't leave a scratch, you were fucking useless. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. I love her <laughs> she, too. She's a delight. <laughs> Matsumoto's so good. Uh, But she also adds, like, talking it out, like, like, you came here to talk it out and, like, explain yourself and everything, and when you do talk it out, it doesn't guarantee that you'll understand everything with someone. Like, there can still be, like, misunderstandings and stuff. But if you don't make the effort to go see the person at all, then neither of you will understand anything, which is just, like, a nice sentiment.
1: And it's good. It's, like, occasionally we do get these kinds of, like, surprisingly human moments in this
2: show. And, like, I'm always here for it when it happens, because usually it's good. It's just people relating to each other and being people, which is nice. Uh, we get Momo, who is in intensive care still, and Hitsukai is looking over her. is like, hey, you should talk to her. She's waiting for someone to talk to her, and, like, someone who needs her. And he's, you know, being an angsty, an angsty boy, and he's like, as I am now, blah, 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 I can't. And then he leaves. <laughs> Being a grumpy guess,
1: I kind of wanted to punch this guy at this part. Not gonna lie, <laughs> he's like, like no, the doctor
2: is telling you to talk to her. <laughs> just, just shut up and talk to her.
1: Just do it. Like it's it's
2: not that hard. Just say something. Tell her you care about her. Like Jesus Christ. In a mo- in a slightly more cheerful scene, Udyu's made new outfits for Rukia, Urihime, and Chad because he's like, we can't just show up wearing Soul Reaper shit.
1: <laughs> I. Love how much like attention is given to these new outfits. Actually,
2: like I adore it. It's really good. Like Chad's got instead of having a single line like he had before, he has a Quincy cross, and he's like, I- "Isn't this different?" And it's like it looks better. It's great. Don't worry about it. <laughs> And then he goes over to Ru- to Orihime and he's like, "Well, yours had like a little dye thing, but I could they didn't have any dyes here, so I instead made like this really inc- intricate like set of ruffles, and it just looks fucking gorgeous. Uh, that's so cute." And then he made like a sundress for Rukia that's similar to the one piece dress that she used to wear in the human world. Uh, so it's like, "Oh, that's really nice." And Orihime's like, "I'm gonna show this to Rukia. Hell yeah, because this will she's cure in de- her depression." <laughs> she literally says that she's like she's been depressed lately this'll get her over it and then she <laughs> and like she she runs out and then she like sees Rukia's room and they they do like this weird like redirect where they're like Orihime looks into the room and it's like <gasps> and then she starts running around she like cuts we cut to Ichigo who's in the city and then Rukia like runs up to him and it's like we have to talk about Rukia and then like it cuts to a different scene again It's like okay. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh the other I love the other scene we cut to though, because we get to Biakuya's bedside. (laughs) He's he's recovering, he's all bandaged up, he's sitting up, and Renji's in the room and he's like just whittling a piece of wood (laughs) while they're having a talk, and I love that he's like, Oh yeah, I guess he's got like a little hobby of whittling wood. That's nice. (laughs) You do you do you, Renji. Like it's nice it's good having a hobby. (laughs) Uh, and is like, I bet you hate me and you're wondering why the fuck I'm not dead, huh? And Renji's like, no, no, like, if, if you were gone, like, who would I compare myself to and who, like, what goal would I have to be stronger than? And he starts to say something, like, super heartfelt and kind, and, like, Ichigo just appears on the window and's like, hey, <laughs> buddies, have you seen Rukia? And he's like, you ruined my moment! I was gonna be say something heartfelt! <laughs> Wait, what, what's <laughs> wrong with Rukia? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is so
1: cartoonish the way Ichigo, like, gets up on this windowsill and he, like, looks as though he's about to burst in through the window, but then he, like, stops himself and he's just, like, kind of hanging
2: out on the edge there, like, casually. It's
1: so fucking funny. <laughs>
2: It's really good. Like it's just like he's just there and then like Orihime pops up behind him, although she's like a little lower. And she's and he's like, Wait, did you climb whatever, never mind. Renji, uh <laughs> if you don't know, uh never mind. That means you don't know, it's fine. Bye Renji, bye Biakia, and then they just leave. <laughs> <laughs> and we and like really quickly, like we we learn that window is on the third floor <laughs> and yeah. the two of them just like climbed up no problem. Uh And then is like, huh, I wonder if he plans to keep calling me by my first name. That's weird. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think he, like, says he doesn't like it, but it's, like, very much implied that he doesn't. (laughs) He's like, does he he plan to keep doing that? (laughs) (laughs) And Renji's like, what the fuck just happened? I don't understand what's happening. God. Ichigo and Norihime are running around Soul Society, uh, because Ichigo's pretty sure that if Ruki is not Renji, she'll be there. And now we're watching the Shiba siblings, and Kukaku's, like, beating the shit out of her brother, because she was like, You were hospitalized for half of the arc. What is wrong with you? You weren't even a help at all. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Gaonju here is just like, you're exactly right. <laughs> and then Rukia shows up, and she bows her head, and she apologizes, both... For Kain's death, and you know, for not coming sooner, because it's been like several decades. Uh, she, and she's like doing this long winded apology, and then Kakaku punches her because <laughs> she's like, Oh my god, like. Ukitake explained the whole thing like he knows and he even explained that you were beating yourself about it and it's not your fault like I get it it's fine I forgave you a long time ago I decided a long time ago if you said a single word of apology I would forgive you so you know stop it with the sad shit and then Rukio's like starts apologizing again then she punches her again she's like I said no apologizing (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love Kukaku so much She's there, because, like, Kukaku is the adult in the room, where <laughs> where she's like, it's fine. Like, you don't need to dwell on this. It's okay. Um, and then Ichigo shows up, and, you know, he's like, oh, hey, Rukia, like, you're not fully recovered yet, so uh, the gate's opening tomorrow. You should probably make sure that you're fully rested and energized. And then Rukia's like, "Uh, oh, about that... Not, I'm gonna stay in Soul Society. And then Ichigo says, well, if that's what you decided, that's what you should do. Uh, And both of them are like, well, it's fine. Uh, And I, like, I really like this because the, actually, no, I'll get into it at the end. Uh, He's about to launch into, like, a sentimental speech, but Kukaku's like, lunchtime, fucking everyone get in before I beat the shit out of you again. (laughs) And we basically just get like a, just a little nice, a very fast, like, oh, everyone's drinking and eating and it's fun. And then that night, Renji is looking for Rukia, and Uryu is looking for Orihime, and Zaraki is looking for Ichigo, and Hitsugaya (laughs) comes home to find Rangiku completely passed out drunk, and both Kira and Hisagi, nice, drunk and in their skivvies on the floor, and bottles are everywhere, and both of the boys are like, Please, we can't drink anymore. And save us! <laughs> Just complete I, Looney Tunes bullshit.
1: <laughs> it it was so good. Um, I do think it was funny. Like we we do get some booby joke here, where like Matsumoto's like, "Oh, I thought I was gonna die when I when I'm lying down, I can't breathe, but like if I'm on my back, my boobs fall to the sides and it hurts, so I'm like in this constant struggle, <laughs> and like it does suck having like." the boobs called attention to but this part was funny. Uh
2: so I actually really like Matsumoto's like boob jokes both here and uh, cuz what cuz she says this and she's talking to Hitsugaya and is like I don't care. Why are you telling me this? I don't need to know this. Please shut up. We need to <laughs> it, we need to like good. move on and address the situation. Oh my god. Oh uh, and then earlier in the episode it was like oh captain, you surprised me so much. My boobs were about to spill out of my of my outfit. <laughs> and he's like what? No- Whatever, you have a guest, it's Kira Please have a conversation (laughs) Like, is like, trying to be an adult And she's like Ragyu, what are you doing? She's, like, the one character I'm, like, cool
1: with these jokes Because, like, it really suits her Like, just her personality It's
2: very funny Also, she's an adult (laughs) Yes,
1: that too, that too That's a
2: a strong point in her favor Absolutely Uh, but yeah, so the next day, Ukitake shows up and he's like, hey, human worlders, here's the official gate. Like, this, like, the real one. Not, like, that weird bootleg one that Urahara had, like, made for you guys. I'm sure there'll be no issues this time. And he gives Ichigo a substitute soul reaper badge. Which, basically, just gives him the ability to pop his soul out whenever he wants. Uh... And it's like, oh, yeah, so we have, we technically have, like, an official system in place where, like, if a substitute soul reaper helps us, then we can give them this badge as, like, thanks or whatever. So it's like, well, here you go. Uh, Orihime, meanwhile, is like, Rukia, take this dress. I'm convinced that Uriyu has a crush on you. Take this dress and wear it, even if you're not coming with us to the, final, to the, to the human world. And Rukia's like, okay, it's a nice dress. It's it's very good. I We didn't really call
1: attention to it earlier, but the part where, where Hime does convince herself that Uryu has a crush on Rukia is the funniest shit. Because she's like, I'm 15 and I have keen intuition. And then it's just like, wrong. It's very, very funny.
2: She's like, I've cracked the case. <laughs> Finally. Uh, they say, ev- the, like, everybody just says their final goodbyes. And elsewhere, we get Yachiru asking Isaraki why he didn't show up to send them off. And he's like, well, obviously, the fight's not over. We'll see them again. It's fine. Like, you know, it's fine. And it's she's like, like,
1: don't worry. After these two seasons of filler, we'll see them again. I'm sure of it.
2: And she's like, "Aw, you learned how to wait. And he's like, what? The f- what? <laughs> Stop training me like a dog. We cut back to the group who, whoops, they have to contend with the clater again. And they're like, why the fuck do we have to deal with this thing? And he's like, well, if you don't have, this is what happens when you don't have a soul butterfly and only soul reapers can handle soul butterflies. And I'm like, what? You couldn't have sent an escort? Like, (laughs) you couldn't have sent like one person with an escort just being like, I've got my soul butterfly here and we're going to bring you home. (laughs)
1: It's actually incredibly funny, like, it, like, has the silly joke music playing, too, and it, it's just, it's very, very good.
2: The crew basically just, like, pop out over Kawakura Town, and before they can land and go splat, Udahara's uh, crew is there to save them with just, like, this giant floating cloth. You know, he welcomes them back, and then he asks if they learned about, like, who he really was and everything, and... They're like, yeah, we kind of did. So he removes his hat, and he bows down, and he apologizes. But Ichigo doesn't care about his past deeds. He's like, well, motivations aside, you did save us, and then you trained us, and we couldn't have done this without you. Um, What does piss Ichigo off is that the reason Urahara, like, didn't tell him is because he thought it would scare him away. And that angers him. Yeah. But mostly he's like, mostly he's like, it's fine, just make sure you apologize to Rukia. Like... She, like, she's the one that you, 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 like, affected, so, you know, at least apologize to her. Make sure you apologize to the woman you made a plot device. <laughs> yes. Hear that, Kubo? Come on, Kubo. They drop the kids off one by one until Ichigo's the last one left, and he jumps down at the riverbed instead of getting a ride to his home. Um, the I think the implication is that he fights a hollow on the way, like, we ca- we get a scene of him, like, running through the town, and then there's, like... A bit where we see a bunch of smoke appear from off screen, and I think the implication is that he sliced the hollow in half. Uh, I'm not certain. Like, I mean, he d- he does stop at like the riverbank where his mother died. Is the thing? Yeah. Like, well, like he stops at the riverbank, and he at, like at first I thought it was just like, okay, well, he's gonna look at like he's having a moment with his mom, which you know, probably still the thing. Um. And then he runs home. But then there's there is like a a specific scene after that, where it's like we see a, a like a close up of an alleyway, and then there's a bunch of smoke that goes across the screen. Huh. Um. But while this is happening, Yoroichi and Urahara are commiserating over the long journey and what lays ahead. And eventually, Ichigo finally arrives home, and that's the end of season three of Bleach. I love that
1: the ending is him just saying, I'm home, and, like, standing in front of the clinic. I, I, I thought that
2: was great. Yeah, it's just, like, a really nice, sweet moment, because, you know, he's been gone for two seasons worth. Um, <laughs> and also the end of, uh, so the post-credit scene is this is a scene from the manga that was, it's, it, it's at the end of, like, the previous stuff. Mm-hmm. Where it's basically just Isane has a nightmare. She wakes up. She's uh, she she wakes up in her room. She walks. She's walking around in a tizzy. She's like, "Oh God, should I go like talk to someone? Should I go bother someone? No, they'll be really mad." And then she goes outside and she sees Unohana, uh, like just drinking and looking at the moon. And basically, she just sits down and they have like a really nice quiet moment. And it's like, was a hell of a day, huh? It's like, all right, yeah. And then they'll calm down, and she'll go to sleep again. That's really sweet. I I really like that. That very pretty panels too. Yeah, and then for the so for the manga differences of this episode, there are a lot. Uh oh, because great! Because there's a, a a large part of it is that there's a lot of the scenes where they're like they're either slightly different or they ch- they change the scenes entirely, or like they're showing different scenes rather. Okay. I I prefer the way that, so the way that they phrase, uh, Komamura and Hisagi's uh, conversation about Tozen, is: Will Captain Tozen ever come back? Undoubtedly. And when he does, will knock the cobwebs from his head. Oh. Which I thought was a really nice uh touch. I like that. The bit. So instead of having that heartwarming conversation with Kira and Rangiku, uh. They just immediately start drinking and then it switches to the next page where both of them are like, kid, you fucking pig with your squinty little eyes. I hope you die. Yeah. And both of them are just like yelling at the wall and like throwing drinks everywhere. (laughs) And then Hitsugaya leaves. (laughs) Cause it's like, cause he's like, I'm not dealing with this. (laughs) That's so funny. Actually, (laughs) I have other shit to do. Uh, I do want to share this panel of Ichigo, like, climbing in through Byakuya's window, and he's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> it's- that's, like, my favorite shot from these two episodes. It's the funniest shit. Uh, but then, as- when Rukia and Orihime- er, not Rukia- when Ichigo and Orihime are leaving, uh, Byakuya's, like, bedside, they actually pass in front of the 10th- of the 10th barracks, um- and actually, no, before before that, when Komamura and Shuhei, like, come back to the barracks, they pass in front of Rangiku's drinking place, and she's like, yo, have a drink with us. What, you got something better to do? Fucking come on, have a drink. And he's like, oh yeah, sure, wh- that sounds good. Uh, she even invites Komamura, and they, you know, they have a moment where it's like, eh, what a stiff, he's not drinking with us. At least he's not wearing the iron pot anymore. I'm used to seeing him like this, because that pot was like, oh, he's got something to hide. So it's like, it's nice that they, like, instantly uh, accept him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then Shuhei, like, walks into the room, and he's like, Kira, you are smashed. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and Ruggy, is still drinking, like, directly from the bottle. And as he's like, Kira, oh my god, what happened to you? She spots Onohime and Ichigo.
1: <laughs> I think, like, what gets me about this whole drinking scene is, like, earlier, like... When we saw it in the anime, and, like, Izuru was, like, already, like, on the fucking table, like, there were just, like, bottles and bottles and bottles, and I'm convinced 80% of that was Rangiku. Like, absolutely.
2: 100%. Like, she is the one doing most of the drinking here. Absolutely. So she spots the kids, and she invites them to drink, too? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Ichigo is like, uh, maybe later. And Orihime is like, we're underage! (laughs) <laughs> and she does like a cross above her head with both arms, it's really cute. Uh, That's so cute. And Rakiku complains and he's like, Well, I've got tea too. Like, you're no you could have come drinking with us. That's no fun. <laughs> and meanwhile, Hisagi's like, Oh my god, give me some tea, Rakiku. Izuru is foaming at the mouth. Wake up! Wake up! Why are you wearing only alloy glove? <laughs> And then Shunsui shows up and he's like, hey, everybody, you're drinking? Can I show up? Uh, can I Can I come in? Can I also join you guys drinking? And she's like, no, Nanao would get, like, really mad if I let you drink, so get the fuck out. <laughs> I just, I want an all-captain drinking party. I want to see this. It's just really good. Uh, the only other, like, big change is the, we when Ichigo is told by Rukia, hey, I'm, leave- I'm like, staying here. And he has this thought. He has this thought in both the anime and the manga of, I will remember now why I wanted to save you so badly. Uh, in the manga, we see kind of, like, we see Rukia as she is now, but we also get a flashback to when she was looking down on him when she was being taken away the first time. Because the first time, she was telling him, I want to leave, this is my choice, you stay here, but she had tears in her eyes. oh. Mm. And then here, she's telling him with a smile, "Yeah, uh, this is my decision. I want to stay here." So he's like, "Well, you are you are actually doing this of your own volition this time. Like you're not like doing this to save me. You're doing this because this is what you want to do. So it's okay if you want to stay. Then like it's your choice."
1: Here you go, fighting for Rukia's right to decide for anything, like
0: <laughs> her God. right to agency. Um, For
1: right
2: to agency. That's that's what I was trying to say. Um, and then there's some comedy stuff where, like, we get the same scenes of them, like, running from the cleaner, getting, getting dropped off at their various houses and all the same stuff. When he shows up at his house, he does climb in through the window when he wakes up Khan, uh, and he explains that Rookie is not coming back, and then he enters his body, and his dad's like... Like, immediately shows up with a dropkick, and... Welcome home, dropkick! And, you know, he blocks it, and they have, like, some cute comedy fluff. Um, That's good. But I... Although on that side, I do prefer the anime it's like, ending at... I'm home.
1: I, I think it was a lot more effective ending at I'm home. I, I agree. Um, I, I do want to state, like, overall for this episode... I cannot describe how nice it was to see Ichigo being this warm again, uh, and like, actually being, like, a person as opposed to a fighting machine? He's a kind boy. He's got feelings. I- I- I, like, as much as I really like some of the action we got this season, I feel like there's been, like, no room for Ichigo to breathe and, like, just be a person, and I wish, like, I wish it were a better balance, I think? But, like, I- I- Overall, I think I enjoyed the season once it got to like the latter half of the season because those (laughs) first episodes were rough.
2: Yeah, because we basically started. So we started the season with Yoroichi saving him from Byakuya, and it was like a big despair moment. And then we get those Mayuri episodes, and then we go into the flashback episodes of like and like Renji's school and Renji and Rukia's past. And then it kind of immediately like heads into like the the mystery stuff where like Hitsugaya notices there's there's problems and and then it just goes into like fight 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 until the end like it's like as soon as it hits like the midway point of the series it's just like big so like every time we see ichigo on screen he's either desperately training uh he's always half dead he's uh, <laughs> and he's either like desperately training or he's like fighting someone so it's like he's in combat mode the entire season nonstop. Uh, so it's really yeah like i agree it's really nice to have him be like his like emotionally intelligent self where he's like okay this is what you want fine Uh, You can even see in the, like, in the last page that that I linked to, when he starts with kind of a frown when Rukia tells him that she wants to be here. Where he's like, if you really want to stay here, and then he's thinking of, like, the difference between her now and her then, then you should stay. And now he's, like, smiling and happy. Yeah. I... I
1: don't know when I saw Ichigo actually like smile with like those kind eyes like I I felt it. I felt that and I'm like this is why I watch this show because I I care about these characters and actually want them to be able to be characters. And like it it is frustrating we haven't gotten that for so long and I'm really worried that like when we get to later seasons it's going to be like even more just battles, and not, like, a whole lot of character stuff. But I'm, I'm I'm hoping. I'm hoping I'm wrong.
2: Yeah, like, that's the- that is kind of the, um, the worry here is definitely, like, if we get season after season after season where, like, three quarters of the season or half of the season is just non-stop fighting, uh, it's gonna- it's gonna get old. Even if the fights are really cool, and even if they're- they're great- uh, it's gonna get old if we don't also get like those times to decompress and I'm not talking about like the humor the like the one joke in an episode or whatever I mean like an actual yeah. moment where where we get like little downtime scenes um we need downtime episodes is what I'm saying like I agree you, you they like our our bleach characters need to uh shit. I want to make a beam saber joke here, but I forget what the actual term is when you're doing the thing, the activity with someone to reduce your stress. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but oh, fuck, you know, what is it? All the friends at the table tab. all the friends at the table fans like yelling at their microphones right now. Anyways, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about downtime activities. Just that's what I'm saying. Our heroes uh, need time to do downtime activities. That's, that's the joke I was trying to make. Cut loose, cut loose is the is the thing. It's cut loose, cut loose, cut loose, everybody. We we got it. We we did it in one. We're good. That's it. That's a bit over. Do we do we have something else we don't want to say for this? So for this season. Normally, at the end of a season,
1: we kind of do like a, a harder recap of what went on during the season. Um, we kind of decided over the break that we're not going to do that for this one, mainly because, like, the next two seasons of the show are going to be filler. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of, like, save a season three recap for, like, the beginning of season six, when we're getting back into, like, the actual stuff that's, like, in the manga and, like, actually matters. Um, So, you know, we'll we'll get there. We will get you a nice recap. I I will probably... Like, write something down. Who knows? That's gonna be weeks from now. Uh, the countdown to Boundtown is almost over.
2: We're, we're getting there one more week. One more week, and then we hit... I'm gonna tease our viewers with the name of the next episode, which is episode one of season four, The Bount. And it's episode 64, New School Term Renji has come to the material world. I'm so excited.
1: I, I'm i I'm excited for this shit. Like, Bountown, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for Bountown. I'm very excited for this. Well, thank you for listening to It'll Wash Out. This has been season three, which, again, I did not expect to get this far, but here we are. I, I, I'm excited to keep on trucking. Uh, you can find our show at BleachCast on Twitter, you can email us with any questions or comments uh, at iwobleachcast at gmail.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore pause. You can find my other show at Welcome to a Pod C1, which, that's gonna change, I'm gonna figure that out. But uh yeah, we did our first episode
2: of Guardians of the Kahulixi, and I, I'm very happy with our Descent into Madness. And you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. And I have guested on the MetaWatch Valentine's Day episode that should come out uh, in two weeks. So you can also find me there for that one episode. It's good. MetaWatch is good. Go watch Metabots. It's great. Stay cool, Chads. Where has your sense of justice gone? (laughs) Perfect.